It is great to have you on the Family Goals podcast with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. I'm Jolin House, and on this podcast, we want to encourage you to grow closer to God, to strengthen your marriage, and to inspire your family to reach its highest potential. Today, we discuss correctly handling God's Word and what it means to be a clean vessel. Check it out. Guys, it's tough finding wholesome shows these days for the kids. If you've been listening to the Family Goals podcast for any amount of time, you've heard us say more is caught than taught. And that goes with how we act around our kids and especially the content we're feeding them online. That's why we want to share with you about Minnow. Minnow Kids has tons of shows, movies, and devotionals that touch on a variety of topics to keep our kids engaged while also filling their mind with what matters the most. The five-minute family devotionals are perfect for busy families. They are great ways to be fed spiritually while having a great time with your family. Minnow is an incredible streaming service that filters all the bad so you don't have to. Every Minnow show has been screened by a team of parents, pastors, and educators to ensure that they're age-appropriate, entertaining, and aligned with the faith-based values that we care so much about. All right, so if you're interested in this, head to gominnow.com slash familymade to get your first month free. That's G-O-M-I-N-N-O dot com slash familymade to get an entire month free. Start your free trial today. I want to ask Jolin, uh-oh, about his dating life. Ooh. <laughs> I think he just said, oh, no, why would we do that? Joe, you know, it's funny. Well, Jolin will get Joel, close to that mic, but. People want to know. Like a the lot of people have been asking, a lot of people have been asking about, you know, what's going on with Joe. I'm, I'm so going to say that's here. <laughs> yeah, get on up here. People want to hear from you. Let's go. Come on. Nothing, Let's nothing go. to report. Nothing to report. How's your disc golf game? <laughs> Good. Better than his love life. Better. <laughs> <laughs> better than his dating life. Yeah, someone. Someone was telling me that their favorite their favorite thing about the podcast is is uh, us giving Joe a hard time. I'm, I like that. And I was like, what? Like when he wears like McDonald's hoodies and like. It was an interesting uh, hoodie. Yeah, sweat. Okay. You know, Every time I wear that hoodie, I get tons of compliments. So I mean, who wears a McDonald's? Well, it's really working with your love life. So let's keep with that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know. Get, I get tons of compliments, hey, just not from anybody that's. When I'm know. when I'm at the other campuses, I was over at a. Uh, Monroe and Oconee yesterday, they always talk about all the crap. But they're like, is, is Pastor Jay ever going to say anything good about you on stage? Well, I, I think, like, I, well, he did say something good about you in an earlier podcast. Remember, you filmed things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're, uh, our, you're our film the guy. The only thing I'm good for is filming things. My camera have, skills. Have, Actually, no, you, you said the Trash Boy story not too long ago. That, he's yeah, good for a, that. See that? That was a good one. Talk about you being a servant. He said that you're not as bad on stage. <laughs> <laughs> to me, <laughs> that's true. You're serving God uh, since you were six, six years, years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People have said the same thing to me. Why are you always giving Joe a hard time? Like I'm not giving him a hard time. He just, he's just in my, all my stories. He's all, he's in he's all just, my examples. He's, I mean, he's the that's learn that's, from my mistakes. That's, that's, he's yeah. the that's butt of the bottom line. But I also talked about how Joe has a faith of his own. Yeah, and he's. I mean, that's one of the greatest. Been leading people. One of the greatest joys of my life is is seeing Joel and serving God and and us getting to do it together. Heck yeah, it is so much fun. I love it. Yeah, that's a lot of positive stuff there, Joel. So we're going to take that and we're going to take that as a win and then disappear into the sunset. All right, bye. I'll take I'll take it. He's my favorite son. (laughs) I like that. Nicholas is my favorite son. He's my favorite daughter. Joel is my favorite child. 
Mm. You don't have to lie here. Well, I hope I hope the other ones don't listen to the podcast. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> Good to go. What you got up there? So I got I want to continue on in Second Timothy and I want to talk today about a person that God uses. And I think as a as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus, we want to be used by God. I mean, I think for me, my greatest fear in life is that God wouldn't use me that my life would be wasted, that my life wouldn't have any eternal meaning or eternal significance. So I want to be someone that, that God uses to fulfill his purposes and to fulfill my, his plan. You want to be OM, on mission? I want to be on mission. Yeah. Well, yeah, I want my life to count. And so Paul is writing to Timothy, and one of the things that jumped out to me was Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. He says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. I think it's so important for us as Christians and especially as pastors and leaders and small group leaders to correctly handle the word of truth. That I think a person God uses, they're correctly handling the truth. They're speaking the truth. That's harder and harder nowadays too. I think that's... I think those lines have become really blurred um, because of there's a lot of pastors that want to be inclusive. There's a lot of pastors that don't want to bother people, that don't want to turn people off. Um, but I think if you look in the Bible, there's there's a lot of things that are going to be that's, that are going to naturally turn people off. Like there's there's a lot of history. Newsflash, by the way, if you haven't read your Bible, there's a lot of really bad things in the Bible. Like there's a lot of bad things that you would not want to read about that the things that don't, there's not a lot of there, there's that whole book is not filled with feel goods. Right. Like there's a lot, there's plenty of stories in there that you can read and be like, golly, like why, why would that happen? What would that happen? My answer to Nicholas all the time, cause he's got, done a good job going through him. Like, dude, I, I don't know, but there's a reason <laughs> I don't know, but there's a purpose. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, there's a lot in there, but, but I will say this. I think there's been a, there's been a, um, there's been an unhinging to God's word. There's been an unhinging to what he said, what he has said in his word. There's been an unhinging to parts of the Bible that, that people don't like. And it's not a, that's not a book that we get to chip pick and choose. And I know there's 39, there's 39 pens, but there's one author, right? Like there's one person that wrote it. And I think understanding that, keeping that in context, understanding that there's going to be difficult things to read, understanding the history of what you're reading and, that knowing, like we've talked about before, knowing the, the context of when it was written, why it was written, how it was written. Um, there's just a lot in there nowadays that people don't, and pastors and, and public people don't want to admit and don't want to stand firm on because it turns people away or they might get negative attention. Mm -hmm. You can't, like Thomas Jefferson, there's this famous story, the, the Jefferson Bible. So Thomas Jefferson takes a razor blade and he cuts out the Bible, literally takes the Bible verses that he doesn't like and doesn't agree with and cuts them out of his Bible. <laughs> wow. And if, and if you're doing that, which is, which is what a lot of these you know, pastors are, like if you're just avoiding controversial topics and you're only telling people what they want to hear, I mean, that's kind of like the, the tickling of the ears, right? Yeah. You're, you're just trying to, I mean, what good is it to, to build a big crowd of people if they don't know the truth, if you're not speaking. The, and I think if you truly love someone, you have to speak the truth in love. Like if you, 
Yeah, you have to tell them the truth, like, or you don't really love them. So how do you how do you do that as a pastor when you don't know them? I think I think it's harder because they don't know your heart. Yeah, and they don't you don't have that relationship. But I think you have to try to do the best you can of of building the relationship. And I try to say things in a way that I'm speaking the truth in love to where I don't want to come across as judgmental. I don't want to come across as condemning. But I want to come across as loving. Like the reason I'm sharing this with you is because I love you and I care for you and I and I want what's best for you. Yeah, and I think and it's so, a fine it's a fine line. It's a tough it's a tough line to walk. I mean, it's a but I, I have learned this. I have absolutely learned that in your in life. Like I take a lot of pride in being the person that will say what needs to be said, not what what people want to hear. Um, I found that I've gotten a lot more juice from the squeeze when I get to know the person first. Like when they know me and I know them and, and specifically they know me and they know my heart and they know who I am and what I am, it becomes a lot more um, beneficial. It becomes, it, it comes across a lot better when I just meet you and I see something and I start saying something to you and speaking to you, like, you're like, Whoa, bro, chill out. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough line to, to probably have to toe because I mean, the bottom line is, there's truths that you need to hear. And especially, you know, you addressed it, you know, a couple of weeks ago and, and there's one, there's two sexes and God made two sexes. And there's some people that don't want to hear that. I mean, that, no, and, and it really doesn't matter what, where you come from, Pastor Jay, you can come from love. You could come from hate. It really doesn't matter. They don't want to hear that, but you're coming from truth. And I think you want to be somebody that when you say something, it comes from truth. And if it comes from truth, that means I have to know the Bible. Like that means if I want to be a person that says things that are of truth and um, considered respected and considered um, appreciated and considered uh, knowledgeable and, and, and trustworthy, like then I have to know that book that's sitting in front of you. Yeah. And got to start there. The authority. So as a preacher on Sunday morning, I'm not sharing my opinion. I'm sharing I'm sharing what God's word says. So it's not it's not Pastor Jay's authority. It's it's Jesus' authority. It's it's the word of God. It's the um it's the Bible. It's, so we're living our lives under the authority uh, of God's word. And I think when when someone comes to you for advice, I think it's a lot more powerful uh when uh you ha- you back up your advice with scripture. Like it said I'm not just giving you my opinion. No. Here's what God's word says. Or if we're praying about something, no, you're not just praying about it, but you're claiming a promise. You're claiming a scripture. You're you know, so so you have the authority of God's word, and that's the we believe the Bible uh, to be God's word is inspired. You know, from from Genesis to Revelation. I like to joke around from the table of contents in the front to the maps, maps in the back. back. We believe it. We would believe it to be all be true, and it says in First Timothy four sixteen to watch your life and doctrine closely. Persevere in them because if you do, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. And so I want to watch my life closely. I want to watch my doctrine closely. I want to be saved, and I want my hearers to be saved. And I do think the better relationship you have with someone, the better they're going to receive it. So so if you're someone who's been coming to our church for a year, two years, five years, ten years, however many, you know you've heard me. It's not, this isn't the first time you hear me speak. Like you know where I'm coming from. You've been in discipleship with me. You've been in a small group with me. So the guys were telling me the other night, they don't, they don't, they just hear me preaching the word. 
they're not taking it as judgmental because because they they know me and yeah. they know that I'm I'm sharing I'm just sharing the truth and just as you know I'm not I'm not picking out I'm not picking on people by picking out select passages like I I try to be an equal offender like we're, we're all <laughs> an equal opportunity hater equal, I like that like like we're all sinners yeah w- whether you're a homosexual or you're a hypocrite you know whether you're a drunkard or you're a glutton like like it's sin is sin you know like I'm not, if you drink too much or you eat too much it's I'm not I'm not picking and choosing, but I'm not I'm not condoning sins. That and that's I think that's where the like say with the homosexual issue or the the gender fluid issue, some of those things, people people want us to condone sin. Mm-hmm. And 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 it's it's, it's okay. We want we want to affirm you. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna affirm a drunkard. I'm not gonna affirm a liar. Adulterer. I'm not gonna affirm a liar. Yep. I'm not gonna affirm a thief. So why why would you affirm that sin? Yep. And so you know it's it's not you're speaking the truth because you want someone, and it's God's will for everyone to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Like God wants everyone to come to Him and have a relationship with Him and be forgiven of their sins. And if you don't know that what you're doing is a sin, how are you going to repent of your sin and come to Christ? I think one of the most uh... I think one of the first things that stuck out of why I chose, you know, Greystone was like the the number one thing I need to hear from a pastor is that I struggle. The number one thing I want to hear from a pastor is I don't have this figured out. Like I still have um, issues. I still have struggles. I'm still working through it because I just, I don't know. I've always struggled. Like, I know you don't have it figured out. I know you're not perfect. I'm not expecting you to be perfect. <laughs> Greystone. Um, not expecting you to be perfect, but I am expecting you to walk in, Humility. I am expecting you to have those those qualities, those biblical characteristics that I want you to have. But I think that's I think that's really really important. Is when we're saying things to people is that we understand like I, I, this is not coming from a spot that I got it figured out. Mm-hmm. But but I do know that this is wrong. I do know that this is right. This is wrong. And um, you know while I might not be perfect and I might hit miss some of these things over here, I, I know this is wrong. And I know I, I don't want to be that, and I don't want to do that. Which is. Um, which is which is part of it, but I think that's an that's an important acknowledgement when you're talking to people and when you're sharing with people. Yeah, and, and every single time I bring up some of these controversial issues, I'm quick to share that I'm a sinner. Yeah, that I make mistakes, that that I fall short. I may not struggle. I mean, I don't struggle with with homosexuality, but I struggle with lust. I don't struggle with with getting drunk, but I struggle with gluttony. You know, so so I think. You're not preaching to people from a, it's like, I'm not on my high horse, like speaking down to you. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm one of you. Yep. We're in, we're in this together. We're in this together. Then we're all, I mean, we're all trying to, to become who it is that God has called us to be. And the only way we're going to do that is to preach the truth and allow the Holy spirit. One, one of the verses I claim every Sunday is Hebrews four twelve. Uh, which says the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the faults and attitudes of the heart. I mean, every single week when I'm preaching, it is, if people receive it, if they have an open heart and an open mind, God's going to speak something different to every person. I had a guy come to me yesterday, and what he got out of my whole message, I, I did this little side tangent about Janus and Jambres uh, that are mentioned in Second Timothy. Paul says, that they that they were posers that 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 they were uh, they weren't the real deal, um, but the Old Testament never mentions them. 
So they oppose Moses. And I was, I was sharing with them the Jewish tradition is that Janus and Jambres were the enchanters, the magicians, the, um, the wise men that Pharaoh had. They, when Moses and Aaron came to, to Pharaoh to let God's people go, Aaron throws down his staff, and his staff becomes a snake. Well, these enchanters throw down their staffs, and their staffs become snakes. And I just made this side mention that a lot of scholars believe that Janus and Jambres were those, were those wise men or those magicians. So this guy comes to me after church. That's what he heard. That's what he, so that had nothing. It was just like a little side note, just trying to help him. What did he say? He said, well, that God used that to really speak to me. And I didn't, he didn't tell me how or why, how or why or what, but that was the thing. And he was trying to, he was trying to, he wanted to know what verse that was. I said, what's Exodus seven, you know, verse 12. And he was going to go back, and he, he said, but that's what God spoke to him. That was just a little— That was a throwaway comment a for you. throwaway side note. You know, I just thought it might be interesting for people. Apparently it was. Um, but I think if we're going to be used by God, we have to correctly handle the truth. And then in 2 Timothy, he, he says that we're to be a clean vessel. He says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, from, from, from sin, he'll be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master— and prepared to do any good work. I really believe the cleaner we are, the more God can use us. Define cleaner. Less sin in our lives, less junk. And I use the illustration in church of, you know, we have the china cabinet with the crystal glasses that got smudges and <laughs> Nicholas was funny. He's like, what is that? <laughs> what is china glasses? Like, yeah. Y'all don't have china. nice stuff. Yeah. <laughs> And I talked about, I don't come in and use the crystal stemware that's dirty and smudgy and has spider webs on it. I come in and get the big gulp, the big plastic, clean. And then Problem God, is, you probably had a Coke in that, though. That's the problem. But anyways, I digress. Soda Palooza. <laughs> Let's not go there. Yeah, sorry. But I think God is looking for clean vessels. I mean, people that are, he's called us to be holy. And there is... And we talked about this before, but I mean, he's the one that does the sanctifying, but we have to put ourselves in a place to be sanctified. Like we have to get in his word. We have to get in church. We have to get in prayer. We have to repent of sin. Like when, when we're convicted of, of sin. And, and I claim this verse every Sunday too, that I'm confess my sins every Sunday before I preach that I would be a clean vessel, useful to the master, you know, prepared for, for every good how many verses do you claim? This is a long, is this when you do your prehab or pre, pre-routine or what? Because we're on at least three or four. I mean, do you, do you yeah. claim like 35 verses before you go preach? It's about 20. Is it? It's a, a, yeah, it's about 20 or so that I'm, that I'm constantly like praying and claiming. And one of these, well, I'll jump to that verse later. <laughs> but uh, one of the verses I claim is uh, even when we're unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. And even, even though I'm sinful, even though I make mistakes, e- even though I'm unfaithful, God's still going to be faithful. He, he's still going to use me. I mean, if God can speak through a donkey, he, he can speak through me. I think I, I, I would ask this question. If, if people were listening and they go, what do you mean clean? Like, what do you mean cleaner? Like, what do you mean... Um, more refined aren't we all jacked up aren't we all messed up like what do do you what do you mean there's levels to being cleaner i think people would say that what do you what would you say to that i'd I'd say two things one is is 
sinless, less sin in my Not life. sinless, sinless. Sinless. That's a t-shirt maybe. And another one is, and this is what I really teach in the guys in my discipleship group, is spiritual maturity is how quickly you confess your sin and get out of the mud puddle. And we, I've used the illustration within that the sin is like falling in a mud puddle and you, you, you kind of get the junk of the world on you and you, you, feel, you feel guilty and, and you have the tendency, it's like, well, I've already sinned today. I might as well not have a quiet time or, or I might, might as well not go to church or, or I might as well not go to uh, share my faith. But I think spiritual maturity is how quickly you get out of the mud puddle and how quickly you confess your sin and how quickly you allow God to wash you as white as snow and get back on the right path. You know, but it's easy to, well, I've already met, it's, it's kind of like eat Diet, bad. it's your diet, yeah. bad, like, uh, you know, I've already had a bag of chips today. I don't eat some cookies. Why don't I just go ahead and eat some cookies too? And I mean, I could- Some blueberries, my, some could, chocolate covered blueberries. my whole Saturday routine. <laughs> but uh, I think, you know, being a clean vessel to be used by God and then being available. Man, that's been a big a big theme of You gotta go back to fat? Recently fat. Yeah. <laughs> being faithful, available, and teachable. I mean, you could have you could have all the ability in the world, but if you have no availability, and I use the example in mean, football, like you could have a five star athlete, but if he doesn't have his grades up, if, if he's just sitting on the sidelines. He no good. He, what 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 good is he to the team? And yeah. what what good are we if we have all this ability in the world, but we don't make ourselves available to be used by God? I just think it's a I think it's an interesting conversation of who who has the authority to preach, who has the authority for to tell people when we're when we're all struggling, we're all going through similar type things and we're all failing. Like I think a lot of people that's why I wanted you to clarify. I think a lot of people are like, wait a minute, you don't have the authority to speak to me. You know, like like you don't have that authority because you you do the same stuff. And when I think there is a, there is a difference when, and when he says repent, that means to turn away from your sin. That means to, to give it to God. Like if you ever have something in your life and we talked about thorn in the flesh before too, but if you ever have something in your life that you continually mess up and you're continually doing, give it to God, like repent, tell him that you, tell him that you want to steer clear of this. This is something that you don't want to be a part of. Um, and I think you'll start to see the refining. You'll start to see the growth. And then you see people that are spiritually mature. I think people that are spiritually mature, there's something different about them. And there's something, I, th- I think to me, humility is always a part of it. You know, like, I, I just think that, I think humility is a huge part of it. Like, oh, I can, I can, relatability, authenticity, like I can go to that guy because he can talk to me because I, I can, I can connect with him. And, and I think that's a, if you can find somebody that you, that you respect and you find somebody that, um, you can, because there are people that live above certain things. Like that's just a, there, there's, there are people that don't deal like to me and this might, this might strike a nerve with some people and might make some people a little bit upset, but like cursing is something you control. That's very easy to me. Like, and, and I'm not going to sit here and say I'm perfect, but like on the football field, like I'm, I'm going to make sure that no, I don't swear. Like that's not something that comes out of my mouth and, and I can, I can control that. I can be above board and above reproach on, on a lot of topics if I continue. Now, listen, that wasn't my case growing up, bro. Like, I thought my name at one point was the F word because of my mom. Like, thank God she doesn't listen to the pod, but it's, it's the truth. Like, we grew up in a Your house. Mom doesn't listen to the pod? No, I don't think so. 
She said everything else. She, she said everything else, but I don't think she listens to the pod. Sorry, mom. Um, if you do, sorry, mom. But like, I, I think it's. I think we start to. And and when you see it in somebody, and you see somebody that struggle with something, and you watch them grow out of it, man, like that's a powerful example for you. That's a powerful thing to watch and look and say, like, okay, that that's what can happen if I repent. That's what can happen if I be intentional with my with my habits. That's a. I think it's a cool thing to to watch, but. I think there are people that struggle to take advice from people that are sinners and are struggle or that, that you know that they're in a fight themselves. When in Romans chapter six, it talks about a put it, putting to death sin, and I think there are as you grow spiritually, um, you're able to put to death certain sin to where they're not even a temptation anymore. Yep. And so, so for you, like cussing, is isn't a temptation. You've put that sin to death. Uh, drunkenness, I put that sin to death. Like it's not, it's not even an option. It's not, not even anything that I think about. Not even debatable. It's not, it's not even debatable. Don't even drink, so it's hard to yeah, put so it. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to get drunk <laughs> if you don't drink. That communion was loaded last week. I don't know. That's where the, the depends what depends what percent wine that communion was. We always get on this topic in all my men's discipleship groups about the alcohol because. I shared, I shared last Sunday that, that I don't drink, and I've gotten a lot of criticism over the years for that, and I don't understand why it bothers other people. <laughs> if you're not watching the oh. podcast, Polly just busted his knee on the side of the table, and he's, oh, like, that he's like over there. What if I'd have dropped a, over, what if I'd have dropped a word? <laughs> we, were just, we were just talking about putting to death things. That would have been funny. I'm with you, by um, the way, on that, too. But, uh... With the with the yeah, drinking, yes, yeah, so people think it's like why are you? Why does it bother you that I don't drink? That I don't drink, you know what I'm saying? But I think what the, and so some of it's interesting because some of the guys in my group, I, I think they're being convicted of it. Mm-hmm. And maybe God is calling them to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. And and then one of the guys even said, well, well, if you are Mark, Mark's our executive pastor. If if you asked me to be a leader or, or challenging me or, or said I needed to not do it because of this, then I probably wouldn't do it. You should have challenged him right away. And I'm thinking, yeah, so... Did you not challenge why, him right why away? Why do you need me to challenge? Maybe God's already challenging. Like, yeah. Like, and that's kind of who has the authority or who has the permission to to preach. It's, it's, I always like to ask that question, by the way. Yeah. I always like to ask a question to the people that talk to me about that. I'm like, can you name something that consistently good happens out of alcohol? I love that question because nothing good can come of it. I've I mean, seen, I've seen nothing. I've seen, I've seen divorce happen because of it. Yep. I've seen affairs happen because of it. Deaths. Uh, deaths. Yep. Yeah. I've seen, uh, yeah, horrible accidents. Um, I've seen a lot of families split up because of it, like grief. Um, I mean, I, I could go on and on, but. It's, it's interesting, and the guy said, well, it wouldn't bother me if, if Pastor Jay was, you know, if I, if I walked into the Mexican restaurant and you're having a margarita, that wouldn't bother me at all. I'm like, really? You don't think it would? Like, like if someone in our Maybe church, deep down, you know, I just. Mean, like, like one of the students from our student ministry walks in and sees Pastor Jay, you don't think, you don't think that would bother them? I mean, one, one of the strong cases that I was making with them is, I don't want to cause anyone to stumble. Yeah. And we have... You know, I've, I've counseled hundreds of people in our church that they struggle with alcoholism, and we, we have to celebrate recovery. Yep. Like, if you've ever been in a celebrate recovery group, have you ever been in a small group with someone 
who is an alcoholic, like it might be okay for you, but it's not, it wouldn't be. One drink is not okay for them. Yeah. And we, we, we had, uh, we've had people come up to us just this week and say, I'm so appreciate you and Jennifer not drinking because my husband struggles with alcohol or my wife struggles with alcohol. And, um, you know, I think being a person that God uses, we want to correctly handle the word of God. We want to be a, a clean vessel. And I think lastly, we're available. We can have all the ability in the world, but if we're not available, then God can't use us. Thank you again for listening to this week's Family Goals podcast with David Pollock and Pastor Jay. I don't know about you guys, but I want to be a clean vessel for God that can be used for any good work. We all sin, we all mess up, but are you living in a certain sin? Is there something in your life that you need to put to death in order to be a cleaner vessel for God? I believe that the cleaner and more available you are, the more God can use you. So check yourself. What do you need to get rid of? Are you faithful? Are you available? Are you teachable? Are you fat? F-A-T, God is looking for fat people to use to further the kingdom of God. If you found this episode helpful or encouraging or entertaining, please let us know by subscribing to the podcast or by writing a review. You can also reach us on Instagram and Twitter at Family Goals Pod. Thank you again for listening to the Family Goals Podcast, and we'll catch you next week.